Hello, beautiful beings. Welcome to Absolute Holistic. I am your host, Lindsay Whitehill. Today is our first official episode, so yay! Um, I have been working hard uh, the last few months to bring this all together, and I am so excited to start this new adventure. Um, for our first episode, we will be talking about shamanism and shamanic healing. Uh, just to give you a brief description of shamanism, uh, it is a practice that involves a shaman, obviously, uh, reaching altered states of consciousness in order to perceive and interact with the spirit world and channel these energies into this world. Um, joining me for this podcast today is shaman minister and author Muriel Schickman. Welcome, Muriel. Hello. How's it going? It's going always well. <laughs> Always good. well, thank you. Good, good. So you've been busy lately, right? It's been a few months since we last saw each other, and um, I know I've seen you on Facebook doing different webinars and things, so tell me what you've been up to lately. You know, it's always funny. I tell people, if you don't see me doing something, you get worried. You know, it's like, um, I've kind of been doing this for a while. So it didn't just now. I know it's uh, we had met fairly recent, I guess, in time and space, but uh, when did I start doing the webinar stuff online? I started in like 17 into 16. Um, everything went real fast after 2016. So, but uh, right. I've been doing this whole shamanic stuff for quite some time now, well, for over 10 years. Um, but before that, of course, you know, you bring it into this lifetime and all that. We'll get into that in a second. But yeah, so. Good. Um, so what, tell us now, what is um, shamanic healing? Well, first of all, you have to talk about shamanism. What What is shamanism? You talk about the shaman. You know, you mentioned it at the beginning, you know, reaching altered states. To bring make that very real, it's basically everybody's born a shaman. So it's not right. like some special thing. It's more to access that which we already have an innate knowing. It's kind of like the whole enlightenment thing, which I'll get into a little bit. That's not much about shamanism. Uh, but you can reach states of that. Uh, but, you know, it's a choice to stay there or not. Not everybody reaches that that point, but in shamanism, we'll bring it just local here. Um, it's working right. with uh, you know the spirits, of, uh, the nature spirits. It's working with that, and it's working with the spirit, obviously, the ethereal, okay. the spirit world. Uh, you know, when you say the spirit world, people don't know what that really means. Um, well, basically, it's the world of not the physical without form. In shamanism, it's like the animism, where it's like um, everything in nature has a counterpart in the spirit world. So it starts there first, and then it manifests here as something physical. So this is secondary. And if this is cross-cultural, if you go to any indigenous culture, they'll tell you that this place, this reality, this lifetime that we're living is, is a dream. And we're all dreaming right now. And then when you go to sleep at night, or when you go and you die, uh, you wake up and you go home. Right. So... So it's kind of topsy-turvy here. Shamanism is basically that. It's just knowing uh, second, like I always like to talk about the first attention and second attention. First attention is your daily activities. You get up, you know, you, you do your thing, you do live your life throughout the day, and then you go to sleep and do it all over again the next day. That's first attention, living this life here on the cover of the book, I like to say. The second attention is the underneath the non-ordinary reality. You'd say in shamanism, it's a space out of time and space. Uh, so um, for instance, if somebody loses us, like goes through a trauma, uh, most people, uh, if you can't survive it, you go into a space called non-ordinary reality, you kind of check out a little bit. So part of you kind of stays in that time and space in that moment. And uh, it doesn't come back until like either it comes back in dream time or a shaman retrieves it or, you know, it just does its thing. Most people, when they go through traumas, it could be a car accident. It could be a rape. Anything, of course, that's major uh, for most people. It's terrifying. Uh, but there could be things when you were younger. Say you had a bad babysitter or something. So, you know, there's levels. There's different degrees of like checking out and all that. It takes the shaman to do that. Why? Because the shaman walks between the worlds. They walk between that first attention, everyday activity. And then the second attention where most people do not, basically it's not, it's not regular um, dinner conversation. <laughs> right. Talking about, but this goes beyond like, this is more than like religious and spiritual. It's part, that can be part of it. Sure. Cause anybody can 
be a shaman. It's, it's cross-cultural. It breaks all boundaries of religion and spiritual, unless it's a tight religion. And it's just like, no, that religion has very structural and there's nothing of the sort. But in essence, uh, shamanism is basically um, a way it's a, it's a, it's kind of, it's multidimensional first of all, but it's an art in itself. It like reflects our ability to be able to um, be magical beings, which we are. So it's, that's what I'm saying. Um, it's not something special, but there's degrees to it because not everybody does major shamanic stuff. They do it maybe in ordinary life. You know, they don't talk, they talk about to friends at a party or something, but they go back to their jobs and that's why some people make a living out of it like me. Uh, some people actually can do things that they just have a one thing that they do. It could be like soul retrieval or death and dying, crossing souls over, which is a psychopomp. It's a funky word for someone that just kind of works with the death and dying. Uh, helping people get through that because most people, again, have first attention and they do not talk about second attention, which is the spirit world, which is all wrapped around death, especially in the Western world here. In modern right. civilizations, we're scared the shit of death. So, um, you know, it's not common dialogue to walk with death at every moment, stuff like that. It's basically you're kind of one foot on and one foot off. And shamanism is, a, is an art form. It's a reflection of that. But it's also a way to uh, bring healing to the individual and the community and then everything else. It's huge. It's gigantic. <laughs> uh, so I hope that helps because I, I could go off more and more. I wanted to put periods at the end of those sentences, but some of them, are, it's kind of hard. <laughs> to catch a breath with all that oh yeah definitely I mean so, that's a lot you know um so how I know you said you've been practicing um for 10 years but you've been practicing longer than that haven't you more like your whole life basically well this you know this it's like the onion it has layers many layers to an onion and so <laughs> you know you can start out in life and say yeah you were uh you came in with your lights on I'd say that's um, a phrase for saying uh, you didn't need to have anybody activate you into like, say you see dead people or you have an ability of some kind of psychic kinesis or something that has to do with the unseen realms. And it's just normal and ordinary. Of course, most children are automatically, but then some are, have extraordinary abilities. And we could even talk more about that, even with the change that happened after the quantum leap in 2007 to 16. Things changed drastically since we were kids. Uh, you have psychic, super psychic children on the planet now. It's intense. So the human is changing. I can get to that in a little bit. Uh, but as far as me, yeah, sure. But I was not nurtured, you know. Uh, and and that time from reality, um, back in 1974 and on a little bit, um, it was a different frequency and vibration on the planet. It wasn't until the late 80s when we really could start getting into this. And it was from late 80s, late 80s on to about now <laughs> has been the shift in consciousness. So uh, children, it's more acceptable. I mean, I work with clients now that they, it's just known. They have kids, they have psychic abilities. It's amazing. It's almost like a normal thing that's happening. So would you say people are more open-minded to like shamanic healing and shamanism? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, because, because of that shift in consciousness. Um, it's, it's really heavy. I mean, I could really just throw it out if you want, just a right on played blank on the table here. Uh, Edgar Casey, a lot of people know that name. It's as famous as Einstein and, and the Dalai Lama. Everybody knows Edgar Casey for the most part. You know about the stuff. Uh, but it was predicted that the end of the world would be 1999. Well, he was right on. He was correct. Uh, mm -hmm. But we changed in consciousness. Those that came here to change the consciousness on the planet, uh, on a starving planet, literally, if we did not change our consciousness, humanity would not have survived. So we were like, like 24 hours away from actually not being here. That's the truth. And that's the word on the street from the higher frequencies. We changed it. And yet stuff happened after that. You got had major events like 2001, 9-11, all this major stuff. Uh, and it seemed like it's gotten major, even more intense since then. Yeah, because we changed the frequency. And when you bring higher vibrations onto this planet, you're going to create friction. Right. And so it's anything that needs to be cleared out. It's just raised up and just cleared out. You've worked with me, Lindsay, so you know how that works. That's to the individual. And then by the individual changes, then that changes the objective, the objective reality. The masses start changing. It's amazing what happens with this revolution, evolution, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's never happened before, not like this. But where shamanism falls in, I mean, it's over 100,000 years old. Uh, it's, it's really ancient. 
and you have these modern uh, religions that are like 2000 they go back to christ uh we talk about atlantis and it's uh very interesting you know in neanderthal even by the time we started fire we were uh you know had fire to survive the ice age i mean uh, when I'm in the space right now, I'm not really much in my mind, but yeah, and uh, we had fire, and then it was literally around that time. So you wow. have major uh, locations like in in, in France, um, and you could actually go onto the websites now and go into virtual uh, cave. You can go to the cave. I forget the name of it. Uh, I'm also good with foreign languages, but there's a cave there that has uh, some intense old uh, petroglyph, whatever you want to call it, uh, carvings or drawings from when way back then. When they first started, you know, they saw they found an old flute that was like sixty thousand, if not sixty thousand, if not years old. So, at that point, we were still we were communicating with the intelligence of the planet. What we'd say, Gaia, the Gaia intelligence. We were communicating with that for a very long time, and that's where shamanism falls in. We opened the doorway literally. Instead of being monkeys and throwing shit at each other. We literally opened up the doorway to see what we thought would be the God, you know, the Godhead, the all-seeing eye, which is the third eye. And that's what a shaman sees is because they don't need their two eyes. If you watch a shaman, they're in trance. They have their two eyes covered and it depends on the community or culture you're coming from, but the blindfold, you don't need them. You see with the strong eye and the strong eye sees that all-seeing eye. You can see how the spirit world, how the earth sees. So you communicate with the earth spirits, the animal spirits. And then you can communicate there above with the hierarchy up to the angelic realms. So you're talking with and you're working, working in communication, uh, in cooperation with the archangels. So it's, right. it's, you're basically, you know, a liaison to, to this God intelligence that's creation. It's not just the settling down uh, to, a, um, to a notion that uh, there's a one God or many gods, none of that. No, it steps outside of that. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so now, what's, I want to know what your beliefs um, are like on good and evil. And I know you and I have kind of had this conversation before when I had um, my shamanic healing session with you. Um, but I want you to kind of like explain what you what your beliefs are on on good and evil. Yeah, sure. And and I actually don't have any beliefs. That's what makes this so different. I'm extremely unique. And, and I have to say it with quite great humbleness. Anybody listening, anybody knows me, I don't really need to explain myself, but you need explanations these days because there's so much out there and you don't know who to trust and it just goes on like this. That's the frequency of the third dimension, not trusting. So we have to gain trust, but I consider myself like a kahuna to the whole shamanic thing. I mean, I'm like chief. So to, if you're going to talk to somebody, I'm like, that's why it's intense if you're going to talk to me. When you, and it's no better, no worse. It's just whatever your practice is, you know, you keep doing that because you're going to, you know, attract people that you're going to affect. And so you have your circle and all that. Uh, so there's, again, there's no competition in any of this. There's no belief. There's no, it's amazing in this space. This is the higher frequency space. This is where humans go, are going. And uh, it's tricky because humans have been in competition with each other for so long. And we're not used to being in a space that's like, kind of like a taste of what freedom really is and that's not holding on to beliefs or anything so with that being said uh, the catholic church if you look at it it's one of the biggest it's a, a corporation itself it's it's filthy rich if you sold it you could feed the whole world over a million times uh so it doesn't make any sense how they run their things but that being said the catholic church is kind of like uh has a stronghold energetically over the mahal of humanity um, and there's many, there's like 250 religions around the world. There's so many of them, but there's major ones, you know, like Islam, Jewish, uh, you know, the Kabbalah, and you could talk about Catholic Church. Catholic Church, you know, again, it's that masculine energy, that power and control energy that took over, um, that's been kind of setting the stage for a pretty long time on the planet. And we go through cycles, and eventually it will go to the feminine, which we're in now. That's a totally different session, <laughs> but we just switch polarities, you know, so we're moving more towards the feminine. It doesn't mean that women are going to take over the planet. No, it just means we're moving more towards that polarity. So anything of the masculine is going to kind of go uh, in its way to find the balance with the feminine there. So the Catholic church is a huge thing. They created this whole many, many beliefs, even atheists as 
believes in something, believes that there's nothing. That's a belief. Right. Um, so the Catholic Church has a way of like, you know, thinking, making people believe, a way to control masses. So you can, uh, Christianity in general, there's major religions like that. It's a way for people to kind of stay in order. We can't have disorder here. The prisons would be full and that's a whole thing in itself. But again, it's none of my beliefs. It's just the structure around the stronghold of humanity. It's an energetic structure. That's pretty much the third dimension. Uh, it's a limitation. It's a limited structure. Uh, you cannot, there's, there's laws and there's many of them. Um, and it's not, it doesn't, you can't really move around when you're a sovereign being because you have to follow by all these laws. And it got so bad that it's in even places that aren't religious. That's how intense these beliefs get. And so I'm taking so long to say this is because this thing called evil is basically fabricated by the Catholic Church. It's an actual fabrication somewhere down the line. It was just a good way to control people, you know, but it got out of hand. Um, and there's a lot of dynamics involved in this, but with the whole evil thing, you have to understand the, under, uh, the, the creation stories. There's many creation stories around the planet and a lot of them agree accordingly to like where they no, they come from because humanity doesn't come from the same place. There's a, you know, it's obvious, you know, look around the world. We don't all look the same. Right. <laughs> so it's funny how you have this ancient alien stuff now and everything's coming out going, Oh, we're not alone. And that uh, we are a creation. You know, this is kind of like, it's all been established. If you look at science, they, there's dead space out there. Why? Because everything's been done. <laughs> we are the alien. We're here. <laughs> and so the creation story is a universal, there's universal truth but you have to find it within your own confines. That's a very important statement that people listening in need to really sit with. That's so important because there is a universal truth. There is a universal creation story. We came from a oneness. You can say the white light, whatever it is. And then, uh, you know, creation came along, archangels were formed, and then, you know, the rays of creation and all that. This is really quick. And then all of a sudden, you know, we got a lot to play with. Creation started expanding into physical. And then creator beings started being created and more creator beings started being created. This just went on for a pretty long time. You say trillions of gazillions of years. I mean, the number is not even big enough for how creation would. We first came from home. And every place around the planet, every religion, every spirituality talks about the same thing. We came from the oneness. So we are God. We're just little representations and we all have a unique frequency of that. So it just went on and on and on. And eventually we started creating like less and less from source light. Okay. So when we started right. doing that, we started creating distortions. And so they're distortions in time and space. So you have realms that are lower than this realm, like two dimensional realms, just body parts. Looks like a place of like Tim Burton land. You know, yeah. when normally you go there and like, this is disgusting. I don't want to stay here. The frequency is terrible. I've had somebody actually, when I next, I journeyed once in a group years ago and this woman entered that space by act, not accident. She just went there because you go where you're needed really. And she was uh, obviously worked with the deaf and dying, but she came out of that journey and she was in tears. So some of these places can scare the shit out of you if you're not ready to enter them. I have to say this, the shaman goes with a madman scared to death. Okay. So that right there tells you that you literally see all of it. Now it's not, in the sense that it's evil it's just that because through brainwashing and through that fabrication of this thing called the devil and all that most humans through generational it's all in it in, in our genes and ancestral line which i right. do a lot of that clearing that's a huge uh, magnifying glass to look through and through that we just accepted this thing and I mean, God, Hollywood and all the movies and entertainment for so many years and so many decades. I mean, look at it. For a hundred years, if not more of entertainment, people are based it off of, look at all the horror movies. I mean, look at Halloween, right? Yeah. Uh, oh. And it's all based off of evil. It's like going to scare the shit out of you. That's fun. That's fun. Um, and, you know, humans, you know, and most people have nightmares. Everybody has if you're alive. You're human. It's not part of being human when you dream at night. You know, it's part of growing and doing all that stuff as a human. And right. um, it's your higher self just kind of getting your attention. The more scarier they are, the more attention they're gonna, you're going to get. What's interesting about creation is that humans settle down to thinking about this, you know, the good, bad thing. There's nothing else. Uh, and that they didn't see that it's the same side of the same, it's a, it's a, it's a side of the same coin. 
It's like looking at the quarter mm-hmm. and looking at a coin and seeing one side and seeing the other side. But they don't, they fail to, they fail to see that it's the same coin. Like the shadows and the light are the same. So it's kind of even theater. If they, you get people that work with lighting, I had a friend that gave me a perfect analogy. Um, what they do is they move shadows around with the light. And that's what a light worker does. And essentially that's what a shaman is. But I don't right. want to take it because light worker, it's A to Z. You know, you could say you do like little uh, things like small healings for people and you do this thing called Reiki. That's huge. Everybody knows what that is. It was taken from an old Chinese medicine. You know, it's like, uh, so you do this stuff and uh, you move the universal energy and that's down, it's in the spectrum. And then you can do some major things to psychic surgeries, to going right in there and even retrieving body parts. And I, I learned that in my training that you can, it's not just soul pieces and soul parts, but you can actually retrieve body parts. I always retrieve a central nervous system because I, when you get into this, literally your body breaks down in order to be the hollow bones is what it's called for spirit to come through and work through you. That's the, there's the one-on-one shamanism. And so you can get sick. Many cultures have has their sickness. I've talked to somebody in, in Africa, they have their own sickness. Dude went down to like 80 pounds. I mean, it was crazy. He's a tall guy too. Uh, he almost died. So they have that. I don't know what it's called. You know, they got their own names for it and according to their language. Um, and so in the modern civilization, we don't have like that teaching. You don't come in and chief sits you down and says you're shaman and the tribe. You know, we don't have that. Everything's muddled together and mixed together. So some don't know. They could have these skills and they don't know us because we're not taught any of this in the modern in the modern world. Uh, I feel like I'm getting off point. Just stop me if I do. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're totally fine. Um, so I just, so back to um, kind of like the good and evil stuff. Um, now I know like you have performed, um, you don't call them exorcisms though. You call them like a depossession, right? Yeah, because you're being possessed by another consciousness, basically. Uh, uh, because everything's energy. It's just 101. Everything is energy, frequency, and vibration. That is creation. And then right. we, got, we got creative through creation for a long, after a long period of time, and we created physical creation. And so mm-hmm. you, got, you got universes, and you got star systems, and you got plant, you know, all that stuff. It's amazing. Everything's frequency and vibration. It's 101. Right. Uh, but, so it's energy, but it's not outside the self. It's not like if you do something wrong, the universe is going to slap you upside the head or do give you a reward if you did it right. There's nothing outside the self because people go from a religion, a God going, this, do this, this is this. And then, okay, you did all that from leaving the doctrines to a spirituality. And all of a sudden the universe, you know, it's like that karma thing. People totally take it wrong. It's just actions. Karma means it's a Sanskrit word for action. It has no good or bad. It's very, everything's neutral. Energy is until it's activated by consciousness. So then it goes good or bad after that. So, Energy is not outside the self. It's not something you acquire outside the self. It's actually allowing energy to serve you and know it's there to serve you. It's never there to harm you, ever. Even if it seems like the most atrocious thing. Like you're just going along in a car and you get your head cut off. I love saying shit like that. Because <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Stuff happens every day, baby. So yeah, and then you, you have no head. Yeah. But then you know, all of a sudden you're sitting there and you didn't know what happened. And this is where you d- talk about the death and dying. Right. Yeah. Well, the consciousness is forever. Your eternal being, no beginning, no end, no beginning. There's no end ever. You just take form. And so these people walking around after like a tornado struck their town and they're just washing off the dust. You know, they're dead and they're in the spirit world, but they didn't know they died. There's different levels to it. Then there's people uh, that don't know they're dead and they, they go to the next body. Like they always say the alcoholic doesn't just drink for themselves. They drink for about 20 people next to them. So those dead people are going to take up residence and the person that falls unconscious. It's very simple. It's all in the awareness. Energy is there to serve. It's never there to hinder. And it's all in your awareness. So nothing can actually possess you. Nothing can uh, curse you. Nobody can. If you have your awareness of all of this, it's, it's very awesome. Because guess what? That ghost or that person in the spirit world, they know that humanity uh, believes in evil, even if they don't religious most people believe in haunted houses they believe in possessions so that spirit 
some of them are assholes. They're literally, they get so good at manipulating physical matter, they'll start turning water on, you take them a bath, they get it scalding hot, stuff like that. Oh, you right. think about Amityville, the haunted house. Uh, but it's true. Now, what they're doing is going, ha, 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 these assholes believe in the evil. So they just scare the shit out of them. That's all they do. They get stuck between the earth realms. They don't quite move on. And so they stay here. And some of them stay here to manipulate and do it on purpose. Um, some of them actually don't know they're dead. Some of them do. So there's all sorts of levels. That's just one genre in shamanism. There's some mm -hmm. shamans that don't deal with the death and dying. Right. And you say, okay, so, you know, that old Sixth Sense movie, I see dead people, mom. Well, you could say that kid's a shaman. Well, he's, an, he's a knowing shaman. Just right. in, within that genre. Yeah. So I deal with all of it. Uh, from like energy extraction, which we just basically what would be called wifey, I call that, uh, to uh, clearing out which doesn't belong to the individual in order to retrieve a, a, um, an aspect that left uh, out of non-ordinary reality. And then after that, we do the power animal retrieval uh, or, you know, any angelic being, a guide, it could be a medicine man too, medicine person you know, uh, to do all this, to bring that, make that person full again because usually the alcoholic something happened must have been some kind of trauma uh and then they form a black hole and the alcohol just goes into a black hole so they're never full and that can go to any drug or anything that people are addicted to it's just never full they, right. they actually literally don't ever feel full it's kind of like that fat person they don't have that mechanism that tells them oh i'm full right now so they just eat and they have to keep that in check uh so after all that gets done, uh, whatever takes place, it could be psychic surgeries that need to be done. I mean, this is huge, Lindsay. It's gigantic. But you're just working on like a mechanic works on a car. But you're working on their consciousness and their energy, and you're working with their consciousness. Uh, and you're assisting them to bring them back to well-being and whole again, and power-filled and powerful. Uh, now, not only that, that has to take place before anybody works with me as far as bringing the light body in. And this is what's new in shamanism because I go to trans shaman, transformational shaman. So I'm on the bridge between shamanism and enlightenment. That's what makes me very different. So I'm not just sitting there doing the shamanism stuff, but I actually work with people to not only do what I just said, all that, to well-being, uh, but to bring them into their healing practice. They might have wanting to do that, quit their job, and I'm there to activate them, I'm going to be doing some uh, apprenticeships at the beginning of the year. I'm going to offer that. And then uh, I take it forward going and offer light body activations, meaning you this is a huge disclaimer. Uh, you have to be ready to uh, literally uh, make sure that whatever's not right with you, things been putting you down, you're done. That's done serving you. You have to make sure that you're able to take responsibility for your life after you do this activation yeah that is responsibility <laughs> for your actions it's so important the regular shamanism stuff which is pretty intense regular i say that very loosely uh yeah. but yeah but that you have to in order for you to get to this light body thing you literally have to be up on a level uh, on a on a frequency on a certain vibrational level so to come down a little bit here into the shamanism it is it's very uh earth gaia based uh very Gaia intelligence working with the intelligence of the earth basically yeah yeah well and I know um because you know I've done a session with you and um you know you did a lot of different um work on me um and part of that was an activation and yeah you're right like you have to be you have to be ready for it and willing because if you're not it's it can be rough Going through I that. also found out that I, I do have to start doing apprenticeships and light body activation sessions and actually charge kind of what would be considered a pretty penny, but it's not because they're in installments. But it's kind of not a mystery school. It's not a school because I'm not into being a teacher. I'm a, what would you consider? I'm not, I, don't, I can't stand the guru thing. I actually go out of my way to make sure that the individual I'm working with, that they know that they're doing it themselves because there is no such thing as a healer. That's huge. You have so many people out there doing, getting into this work and it's all power and control. They keep, they're acting out an imbalance of the 101 I was talking about, how energy management. If you can't manage your energy and you haven't cleared out stuff enough, you do not have enough responsibility to go forward or do a, a practice. So I see a lot of people, especially at the holistic fairs. Oh my God, they're down a dozen over there. 
Yeah. They hide behind their objects like crystals. They give power away to the crystal. Uh, they give power away to the power animal. Even when I do shamanism, I tell the person, do not give your power away. They're an aspect of you, but don't sit there and be all egoic and strut yourself like, Oh, I have bear medicine. No. So, and then you do not ever use the ability to shamanic journey to get revenge on anyone. We talked about all that. You and I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about not using right about not using it for like sorcery which was actually the very first uh type of warfare for humankind was psychic warfare before gunpowder was invented but anyway to get back to giving that power away people do it i mean the holistic fairs are full of crystals and stones and all this stuff and blah 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 uh, you know they're blingy i love they're beautiful gore it's the earth it's beautiful how can you not yeah, absolutely. So understood is if you're working with somebody that's actually a true shaman, they'll tell you right off the bat, do not, absolutely do not give your power away to anything outside the cell. The only essential oil you need is the, is the sweat on your own back. I love saying that one. <laughs> oh, it says it's so true. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and in your healing sessions, like you didn't, you know, you didn't use any crystals on me or anything like that. Um, but you do use um, a drum, right? And uh, sometimes maybe a shaker. And now is that just for like the journeying part or? It's mostly for the person that I'm working with. Okay. Yeah. It helps them to bring it down, but now it's gotten intense. And again, it comes back to the shift in consciousness. Every time I work, it's getting more and more intense where I don't even need that. But I still like to have it for aesthetic reason to yeah. bring, help them move their shift in them and depends on, but now I'm telling you all, I mean, I'm doing these webinars, I'm doing these sessions with people and just listening to my voice, I can get you in trance. Like right now, I could just be like, Lindsay, take a good deep breath, just breathe. <laughs> right. Just let it out and then it goes like that and all of a sudden your brainwaves going down from that beta, which is this, the regular thinking, talking, daytime brainwave down to the theta wave and that's how the shaman does and able to see uh, because it moves the mind out of the way in order for you to do this work genuinely actually honestly to do it honestly uh, you have to move out of the way meaning you have to get out of the human has to get out of the way because the mind is not really it's secondary here see when you're an accountant and you're doing a job like that the mind is primary that's fine but when you're doing work like this it's secondary you don't need it if it is that's a red flag someone's in their mind they don't actually not authentically doing the work uh your higher self takes over and all of a sudden you're kind of like outside yourself but not not in the outer body experience but in a good way uh yeah. it's more of like the soul's so big it can't get in the body not many people know this um yeah people don't really have souls in the body um but with that being said it does feel that because you're getting more in touch with that vastness that expansiveness of how big you are so you have to get out of your way in order for you to be able to communicate with these dimensions and these realms um, because it's all about the heart centered. It's being connected with the heart and then working with the higher mind. It's not just the brain. No, it's not the brain. It's the higher mind working with the heart. So it's not getting rid of the head, but it, the mind chatter, the mind, the brain itself doesn't ever shut up. It's so noisy. And a lot of people, that's why they have a hard time getting the meditation. But this is the same thing. Get meditation, getting into trance like shamanic journey, it's the same state. To right. move yourself into that focused state, it's a lot hard for people because we talk a lot in our heads. So yeah. uh, it brings it down, it turns it, it doesn't mean they're going away. You get good at it. It just takes a little bit of effort to go, okay, uh, am I making this up? You know, what's imagine, you know, what is this imagination, uh, imaginative stuff? And then I always like to say, if you can imagine it, it's real. <laughs> so it, that that helps people a lot take your head off you don't need it to journey and then uh you if you're making it up that's fine yeah sometimes it feels like that until you get adjusted to seeing what's real when i would go into shamanic journeys and going to uh you know say i had to do a soul retrieval for someone long distance i'd have to go into trance for them and get go out of time and space and meet my consciousness for them i would know that it's authentic because i would actually uh, have emotions like it, my tears I would take my uh, bandana off after the journey and my face would be completely soaked but I didn't know during the journey that's how I had my uh, confirmation wow it, because it has to come from you it can't n uh, nothing outside the self 
nothing right. outside the self. So your teacher, say there's a way show or a guru doing this or Shemak teaching you, teaching you a journey. They can't. It has to be a direct revelation. That's what it's called in shamanism. Where you have direct revelations of the spirit world. So you say, you say, you say, Muriel, oh my God, today I saw a ghost. Well, I actually can't believe you. Now listen to this. Now I go, oh my God, I totally, I understand. And I'm totally there. And then again, we go on and we're like, cheers. But I actually cannot, absolutely cannot take that as my experience. Why? Because that was your direct revelation. That was your kingdom within. That was your matrix. Now say that we were together and you're like, oh, sorry. We could have a group, it's called a group hallucination. Ever hear about that? No, I don't think so. Well, say it more on people who are taking LSD. <laughs> you're partying with your friends and you're on acid and all of a sudden you start hallucinating the same thing. Yeah. But listen, <laughs> well, it's true. It's funny, but it's true. I just had this conversation with a client recently, a little hippie. But no, this is true though. You know, we all have those antennas in the back of our head, we like to call it. It's connected to the universal mind. Well, if you're right. together with your buddy and you walk into the haunted house or whatever and you start seeing the hallucination together, it's true. So, uh, so you can actually join in the same direct revelation, mm -hmm. right? This is where two matrices come together. It's right. a very interesting thing that happens. But now we have technology uh, that can actually see uh, energy fields. But it right. starts there first at an energetic level. Everybody that works with holistic medicine knows that the physical body is the last place it goes. So it takes a person who works with energy, and you know this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. For you, it's blah, blah, blah. For those listening in, don't. Is that where it starts? It's taken care of there. It will, will not fall into the physical body as something. So I like to say it's a disease, like we talk about illnesses and diseases. Disease right. like cancer is not real. They can't figure it out. Why? Because it's stuck energy. They'll never be able to. Not in the physical sense. And that's why healthcare is limited. They, they have, they're limited by their confines. They work within the mind. When, you, when a shaman does not, remember, we took the head off. Remember, we took, put the head back there. And then you yeah. can access all of this, um, what you call magic. Magic miracles, magical abilities to be able to heal outside the cellular level. But with me, I work outside all that is. <laughs> so I kind of take, uh -huh, so you know, I've taken it up a little bit, a level, but I'll bring it down. I always like to come down a little bit, make it more grounding. I had to ground myself. I had to ground it down. I wouldn't be able to talk with the masses. I would just be able to work with people who were coming into realization and enlightenment. I wouldn't be able to do this. So that's why I have to go and go down across the bridge on the other side a little bit more. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't want to go off too much on um, what you're, oh, no, you're asking. Fine. Yeah. You're fine. Um, so like I know whenever I booked my healing session with you, you said basically from the time a person um, books that session, like the work really starts then, even before you see the person. Yeah, because it's working out of time and space. We move through linear time and space, you know, right now is a moment and then nighttime comes, right? You know, and then tomorrow morning comes and that's going from A to B and C. Linear. So you can, you can like pick up on their energy then, I'm assuming, whenever um, they book the session. And so do you have an idea of kind of I like. I don't. No. No. Okay. Uh, no. And I didn't even need to have you finish too because I can even pick up on what exactly. <laughs> it sounds like I cut you off. I do it a lot with people. I'm like, God, I didn't let you finish the sentence. No. <laughs> I know. It's the same thing with these questions. Actually, I go out of my way to work with the present moment because that's what I was talking about. I got shoved into the present moment. So right. I am actually not my mind. Where most people, like, like you asked me, like, Vera, uh, do you need the questions so you can prepare yourself for this? I'm like, absolutely not. I actually, it's entertaining for me to be able to come into the space and be very present, as you, I know you can feel it. And to be very in, very in this, in this moment, which is the fourth dimension. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's important for me to do that, um, to be here now without having to go and plan what's going to happen. That's too mental. Um, yeah. And so it's the same thing with the with picking up on a client. No, I just know that if this is how confident I am. And it may sound very pompous and egotistical. This is why I have a hard time working with the spiritual community because they don't understand me in the sense that if you do not understand enlightenment, you won't get it. You'll automatically think that someone's being egoic. But if you know me, you understand this. 
um, that I'm absolutely confident, mm-hmm. 100%, that if anybody comes to me, they're meant to. Yeah. So there's no, oh, I have to go, I have to tap. Is it going to be safe? And, you know, I used to do that when I started out. I, had to, I did that whole thing because I was still into spirit. I was a spiritualist. I was still into giving my power away to the universe out there, to the earth, though. I was repenting in some kind of way. I'd go to ceremonies. I stopped even doing the ceremonies. I don't, what happened was basically I became the, the living crystal. I became the ceremony. I became the breath. I became the present. I basically became all that was so I could say I am that I am. So there were, so I became very lonely at first because I couldn't, I used to go to sweat lodges and go to ceremonies and do all this stuff. And I did all the hokey pokey and turned myself around because I thought if I did that, then there was a means to the end. And it was nothing at all. Uh, what I thought, and I stepped out of it, it was kind of a brave thing to do because you, you get lonely. People go to those ceremonies and do those communities because, again, it's community. So you're not alone. The human needs, needs to be around people. They need to celebrate this thing called life. But when you step out of it and you die before you die and you have a resurrection and come back into the body and ground yourself onto the planet, you're not the same. You're not the same as the regular human race. You're not part of the human race. And actually you are, but you're not um, the same regular human. You're stepped out of the human condition. So uh, you'd say you become angelic in a way, but no, because I still like to party and dance. You see, it's because this has never happened before. They call it embodied enlightenment most people leave the planet because you don't want to deal with people you're done with the dramas that he said she said the soft struggles the challenges you don't have it anymore now does it mean that shit happens absolutely but when you go through the shift you don't see it the same anymore there's no longer any problems like for instance uh which you don't have to reach enlightenment to go and understand coincidence and synchronicities but no longer a problem there's no efforting into anything Whereas the regular human does. That's basically, that's how the world runs. <laughs> it's amazing when you get, right? It's like, well, the, what the hell do you do after that? But say you go on, a, you, you have a flight plan and then you get to the airport and you cancel. Well, the regular human being will be like, God damn it, bah, in an immediate re- reaction. That's the yeah. human. That's the regular human. But with this, within this consciousness, because it's just a state of consciousness is all it is, is that instead of reaction mode, you literally... It doesn't mean you go, oh shit, sure, it's there, because that's part of the human, that's the human. But then all of a sudden you stop, you choose, and then you act, you observe first, instead mm-hmm. of being drawn back to the emotions. And what happens is it changes the electric magnetism around you. So things start coming to you, you really start seeing energy serves you. You're like, what's up with this? Why did it get canceled? And you'll see why after. So it's kind of topsy-turvy. The regular human wants to know why, and then they go at it. Yeah. To the new, see, the, where we're going as a human race is that's by to clocks and calendars as you knew it. It's like um, you kind of like go at something and then you find out why later. That's uh, working with um, the moment and coincidence and synchronicities. There's no problems. There's no challenges. It's more of going, how is this serving me? See, the regular people are like, they make dramas. So once you step out of that, um, yeah, you become more than human. You become more human. And you feel everything. That's another thing. You don't just cry enduring like really sad movies. You fucking cry. <laughs> and I have to say that just like that because you, I feel more than anything. People say, oh, it must get boring. And you don't, if you're not doing, oh, God, no. See? So, uh, yeah, you become that really sensitive flower once you move through it. Um, but you don't struggle with energetic boundaries. So nothing can get you as before. If you left yourself that vulnerability, oh God. Uh, yeah, uh, you'd be a walking torment, which I got out of. Once yeah. you get into your power and you become power-filled and powerful, you no longer have people just taking advantage of you, um, overshadowing you, which is human beings love to do that. They love getting, they try to get energy from each other and you can't, it gets you sick. And that was the whole thing of trying to curse someone. It actually could get you sick. That's why you can't use any of the stuff in shamanism for anything of ill doings because it would actually backfire like a boomerang. Um, And I have to say that in big neon flashing letters right now (laughs) to anybody (laughs) listening into this seriously. You cannot get into this and be like all like warfare about things. Um, Again, that's energy imbalance. 
Yeah, it be, and it'll kill you essentially, right? I mean, well, it gets you sick because it's like yeah. anything you're doing like that. Again, all is well in all of creation. There's no, the evil exists if you believe it does, uh, right. and evil exists. Evil does not exist if you don't. So this is how it goes. Uh, it's all in what your reality is. Um, you'd say belief, but it goes beyond that. It's actually beyond beliefs. That's where the human race is going. Because uh, people go from a doctrine, like in a dogma, religions, and then go to spiritualities, like we were saying with the crystals, and they give all that stuff, and they're free from, but they're not, right? Yeah. Right? And so you are, I always say, I like to say this, free your mind and you will free yourself. And there's no law outside. And we talk religion and spirituality, we talk politics, we talk all that, it, right? People are protesting out there. Uh, about equal rights and all this stuff, which is all this, this is all human, this is all part of shamanism. Everything uh, is so politics, like, because it runs, it runs how we, how we move and uh, how we move goods and services and how we move around the planet and how we move in communities. It's all affects it. Uh, people are out there every single day grinding the stone left and right, trying to do all this stuff, and they're not seeing actually what is happening here. This place is uh, big enough for everybody to do what they need to do. That's why there's everything here. You know, if you want to kill somebody, you can. If you want to love somebody, you can. Um, and there's no bad or good. This humanity is struggling right now for all that. They're struggling for, uh, to try to create this thing called order. Um, and right. it's happening on its own. But um, anyway, yeah. So the religions and the spiritualities can be very, uh, uh, you know, they're limiting in a sense and you set yourself free and that mind that thing of the mind because humans basically the human matrix are here on earth humans humanity is basically the mind they're right. just run by the mind even when they don't it's still the mind even when they try to get out of it it's the mind trying to get out of the very thing it can only find the answers within its own confine and after that it goes crazy we'll look at the world stage uh, and then it or it makes you feel like shit. So people are losing themselves. That's why there's job security for us, Lindsay, like right now. And it doesn't matter what type of work, even massage, chiropractor, anything you're doing with the body, anything you're doing for humanity, it's job security because people are literally being hit. They're being bombarded by all these frequencies. And at the same time, um, you have a major changing of the sun. And that's core science, but it's all relates as metaphysics, the electric magnetic frequency and the planet's changing is the protection that we used to have around the planets down to nothing so we're gonna get bombarded by all this cosmic rays um and it's all changing the cellular level of human beings it that meaning that it's basically clearing out the ancestral lines well all shit's breaking loose on the planet <laughs> within the individual and this is why because uh, people come to me for all this i just see it CNN's not going to uh, ever put this out there. You're not going to see it in the world news. It's the individual. We didn't want it. We can't have it anyway. They wouldn't be able to do anything with it. They're too busy with the mind. But so it's kind of creepy. People start going out of their heads. They're, and they're finally like, oh, man, I can't take this anymore. And then they call you or they call me. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Would you say humanity is ascending um, consciously then? For the most part or there's no choice yep yeah creation just expanded basically what happened just recently we talk about this shift in consciousness we talk about like every community indigenous tribe warned us that there would be time there's time on the earth where everything would change the hopis people native mm -hmm. americans gave us that prophecy during these times you have to let go of the shoreline and go into the raging waters you'll be fine it's like no most people are going no freaking way i'm not doing that well, that was, that was the message. But if you hold onto the shoreline, the message is you will suffer. You go in the raging waters, if that's the topsy-turvy. It seems like, no way, I would definitely die. No, it's more of you hold on to the shoreline. That's where you're going to suffer, and that's where the shit's going to happen. Shoreline being the metaphor for your old life, holding on to the way things you want, always were. For every, no, that's not going to one grain of sand going to be left untouched during the shift of consciousness. Uh, so it basically what that is about is that it wasn't just like what the Mayans gave to us. Everybody knows about that. Thanks to Hollywood with that atrocious movie. But anyway, enough people know about the Mayans gave us some of the information about December 21st, 2012 was the end of their calendar and a whole new 
different would change from the end of the world. We didn't know what to expect. Uh, and I'm to, that's why it makes me a doctor of consciousness and energy is because I, I know what happened. Uh, is what is happening to humanity. Um, and the Mayans know that we just moved around that 26,000 year cycle. We weren't just moving masculine the 12,000 year cycle. And we just came around the bend to the feminine and we're moving towards the center of the Milky Way galaxy. They have an Ashwar, there's a word for that. It's a, and I don't remember the name of the word, but it's basically a translation of the place of fear. So when we move towards that every 12,000 years, which is the feminine cycle, well, things are gonna be very chaotic. <laughs> a lot of shit. There's basically uh, caution tape and red cones all over the planet right now, but they didn't tell humanity that. Now, how can you, how can you? And right. why would you? How could they? They're unconscious. Even the they are unconscious to it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they, they, this huge change is upon us, and it's not going anywhere. Basically, we're in a—we just entered the state um, era of vulnerability and transparency. Everything is coming to the surface to be cleared out, and a whole new world is coming out out of it. It just seems like everything's ending, but that's what we did. The mind goes, "Oh, there's an end, and that's it." No, there's never an end. Nothing ever ends. Nothing does. It just goes on and expands for eternity and eternity is a very long time so it's Absolutely. like i don't want people are scouting them scurrying up themselves about these days and all this shit because it's like guys you're an eternal being anyway what if the whole world got bombarded and destroyed you're no end and she got nothing ever so it's like all that yeah uh but it wasn't just those cycles Lindsay, i'm almost done it was billions of years of cycles that just end Billions of years of cycles just came to an end. This is a huge freaking deal. I work very closely with the Archangel Metatron, which is the kind of kahuna of the Archangels. No better, no worse, but work closely to basically building energetic platforms for physicality to play itself out. What does that mean? Well, look at the shapes, like a circle, square, triangle. Mm -hmm. They all have different, they have different angles, different ways to fit. You could do different, something different in a square than you can a triangle. That was basically right. how creation was able to be able to be physical. So I worked with the highest of the highest of the kunas in order to get this thing done. And that being said, creation just expanded itself. This has never, ever, 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 ever happened. Ever. So this is a huge thing. Basically, what's happening is, is that we were talking about earlier, Nero, tell me about what you think about evil. Well, I was talking about distortions. There's no such thing as evil, really, unless you believe it, it's fine. Uh, right. but these distortions are being cleared out. Okay, so with the everything just moved up in frequency. Everything. So that means everything did. That means the arch everything did. The archangels have never taken form. Of course, we're all facets of them. You could almost say there's more people on the planet than there are souls. No form. They come from group soul groups and stuff like that. That's a totally different session. But uh, yeah, so um, creation is expanding. The whole point is this is to bring us back to our knowing of our divinity, of who we really are. We fell asleep, we forgot, we fell in deep amnesia, and there was no way out of here. And working on an energetic platforms, which I do, um, you have a Merkaba, which is, which is a slight body vehicle, as that means in translation. Uh, you have an energetic platform for you to come and be here, for your, for your original template, which is your light body, this original template in creation before you were physical. And then what's doing now is it's coming into the carbon body. It's amazing. But you have a Merkaba around you and it's a vehicle where you travel from dimension to dimension. If it doesn't, if it's not, if it's uh, disabled, not built correctly, something happened, damaged is the word we're trying to get, damaged. And it doesn't spin correctly. You basically come back here, lifetime after lifetime. And then you keep falling asleep and then you forget lifetime after lifetime. And then you, right. lose, you lose identity, and then you get another body, you get another biology, and then you get a name, and then you get a self. But then you die, and then you go back as a tiny zygote in this boom womb of all creation without an identity. Now, when you hit this enlightenment thing, you already did that, uh, which happened to me. So there's a mural here, but more in the background. And that happened more in the tense, too. The council, all of who you are, all the lifetimes, all the gathering of all yourselves. That's the remembering, R-E-membering. You're gathering up all the members of who you are before you fell into physical, your original light body template. It's amazing. It's very simple, actually, but you have to sit in a session, and you can't be so much in the mind. 
kind of like my book, which is strange. Like a book can't be written, but can't be read with the mind. Uh huh. Basically, my book cannot be read with the mind. You don't need the brain. Uh, but your higher self, because you know this, Lindsay, you know from direct revelation, that you literally can have the brain back there, but then all of a sudden awakens all this stuff within you from just listening or reading the words of the book. That's so what it's doing is in itself is activating. Basically, I can't really be too many places being consciously creating. We, we fell asleep. We were unconsciously creating as a human race. We'll keep it very simple. And so that's what you're seeing. We're unhappy inheritors of an unconscious creation. And you, if you ask the Mayans off in the jungle there, these very humble people that never left the heartland of Gaia, they'll tell you straight off the bat that, so the humans went down the long path and this, we created a nightmare on the planet and it's up to us to train, change the dream. And that's why we all came here in droves to change the consciousness on the planet. That's who we are as a family. And you can back me up, Lindsay, because you know that. You're awakening yourself to that. Uh, so it's inevitable, basically, as a human race, the entire human race, to come up to their divine knowing. And that's why we're here. We're pioneering it. And then... Um, Eventually, we'll be able to live differently on the planet as conscious creators, no right. more unconsciously creating. That we are actually living organisms on the planet just like everything else, and we share this space with everybody. And that's the, what the shaman comes in is uh, they're, they're basically ask, act as that liaison between the human and the spirit world. Uh, and there's different names like Augur, like the king and queen, way back when the king and the queen owned all the land and the forest and everything. But the peasants mm -hmm. couldn't go into the forest, so the forests were pristine which was kind of a good in a way, <laughs> kind of like golf courses. I always think I'm like, oh, that's a waste of land. No, they're kind of making the land kind of pristine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but the, the king and queen would hire um, that liaison between the nature and, and uh, the spirit world. And, that, and then it would be called an auger. That person was a psychic who would communicate with the animal spirits or nature, A-U-G-U-R. Uh, There's a great book by Ted Andrews called Animal Speak that people can get. This is it's awesome encyclopedia. It's like over 40,000 copies sold from this, not more. Um, and talks about that. The auger knows knowing and uh, can tell where the crops can be grown. I know how the weather is, all that stuff. That was, the, that was basically a shaman uh, right. that has that type of ability that specializes in that. Huh, I'm going to have to check that one out. Um, As you could tell, I could talk for hours because I'm like a wellspring of information. So <laughs> just stop me because I'll just be like on this total train. And uh, I was say, you and I are going to have to do more than one podcast. Like, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> um, okay, so I, I just kind of want to wrap this one up a little bit. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more, just maybe one more question um, about your healing sessions. Um, now, how long does it usually take to do a healing session with you? Because I know, like, you don't have a set time, but what's the average usually for that? Well, it depends on what needs to be get done. Right. So, I mean, I usually have, like, the three, well, if it's long distance or in person, which is both. So right. the long distance, I have more clients overseas because of that. It's, it's amazing. Not many people, there's not everybody that does long distance healing. I just happen to be really good at it. So I just happen to do it. And it works the same as being in person. It really does. It's quite a little different, but the stuff still gets taken, still takes place. So it depends on the long distance or in person. In person, it's two to four hour sessions. Uh, and that depends. And that's why I have a, I have a scale, uh, a fee scale. And you can go on my site to look at that. But two to four hour sessions there. Sometimes it can go over. I worked on someone for eight hours once and actually saved her life. Yeah. Uh, and um, it was really cool. I even made her a potato. I remember making her a potato. She could eat something. She couldn't eat anything. It was terrible. If she oh went and went to the emergency room, she would have been dead basically. So yeah, she was the first person who was contacting me. She's like, Meryl, and that was it. Uh, but anyway, uh, long distance healing sessions can, so I do the three uh, one hour sessions. Um, and then at the first session, we find out and the second and the third hour sessions, which are scheduled separately, are dictated what happens in the first. And it's usually all takes place within a week frame. I skip a day after the first so the energies can take settle. But everything's right. happening out of time and space. So I, that's why I have to take a little bit of time and then we schedule the next hour and then the third hour session is done. Um, and again, everything is individual and unique according to the individual. 
because everybody has their own thing. I mean, there's people that can soul retrieval. Well, it depends on what I need that happened to that individual. So then it, yeah. So then it, again, you know, they ebb and flow accordingly to the person you're speaking to. Some things are like ma magical. I've had notes of just like half a page notes because I take notes like a doctor and I'm doing the long distance. Uh, right. I've had like a half a page of one, seldom, but it happens. And then some people take like pages and pages of notes. So uh, I hope that helps answering the question there. It's kind of, yeah. uh, it's multidimensional. It's huge. Then if someone I find that I work with, because I don't, I work with people who just want either energy extraction, they need some kind of well healing, healing is something off with them, energy. They're not right. into this lifetime to reach enlightenment. No, they just working with the shamanic stuff. Um, and that goes to the genre of death and dying, uh, helping crossover souls, maybe someone they need a ceremony. So it's just, it's intense. Uh, there's so many different services that can be done from A to Z. Uh, if you're a minister and all, you're just working, being a witness to what we call God, Yahweh. It's just being a witness. Everybody is actually. Anybody can be a, a minister. I'm not many people know that. You kind of do it yourself. Uh, so yeah, you're just a witness. But again, if you're stuck in religion, I don't, I don't like understand that. It's like more of like you have to be this way. It goes in a certain structural way to become a minister. But essentially, all it is is to, you're just a witness to like the divine. It's pretty neat. So you don't really have a preference whether it's long distance or in person. You can you can do it either way. Long distance is easier. Oh my god, it's like a piece of cake. It's like my passion. In person's fun because then I get my body into it. It's all physical, um, right. and that's pretty neat. You just get laid down on the table. However, they need to do if they're handicapped and they can't. But I work. Most people get on the table. Um, and then it, just the same thing. We just do extra energy extraction. I just put my hands on, I mean, I, or not, I just get next to them. All I have to do is just all of a sudden just get out of my way. And then after like five, 10 minutes, not even, I'm just kind of moving around their body. I'm just going from place to place to place. It's kind of like, I always like to say, it's like the pinball in the pinball machine. It's, there's no rhyme or reason where that ball goes. Uh, it's awesome. I love saying that to people because I'll go from asking them from like, so how is your, how's your relationship with your father when you were a little kid? to like all of a sudden going, go to your stomach, what colors do you see? And moving shapes and textures around, possibly getting like something that's inside of them. And all of a sudden we're at their head above three feet above their head working on the Merkaba. So I'm all over the place, Lindsay. It's actually kind of neat. Um, that's why I love that work because it's happening in my, uh, in my consciousness. See, when I'm in person, I mean, I'm bringing all my senses into it. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Sense. Either way, I just have, it's just a fabulous, it's like, it's like, it's like a little circus show. It's like I'm a traveling circus show. Even when I'm not traveling, I'm always traveling. I always time travel. That's my job. I'm basically from the future and I time travel. Right. Right. But I don't bring my physical body, like, like the Tesla thing is like, oh, we're just going to time travel. So into this little pod and, and boom, our zoom ourselves. Somewhere. <laughs> I always like to say this. We could go to the far reaches of the universe or creation, right? And their little spaceships, they get there and they'll, they'll find that a shaman's been on top of that mountain meditating the entire time. They were always there. Right. So it's just traveling in consciousness. That was always the time travel. Like if you look at science fiction stories or movie or anything like that, I mean, how do you think they get any of that, that information or any of those ideas? <laughs> Yeah. So you're tapping into the consciousness, the universal mind. There's no really uh, original ideas with that. But yeah, anyway, but I, yeah, I love doing the long distance. But if I do the in-person one, you know, it's good for me. And it's good cash, too, because it's a little bit more money to do the in-person, especially if it goes over a lot of time. Not everybody. See, I try to attract people that actually can't afford this stuff. Before, I when I first started out, it was like, I'm just happy just to have to get some money for what I was doing. But right. then when I started working again with managing my own energy, I realized that uh, you set, you set the price. You literally have to do it. And there's nobody going to confirm it for you. You have to put yourself and have confidence and own seniority in your own shoes and be very grounded with it and say, I'm going to do this. Nothing's going to persuade me. And when I did that, I had less and less people that would come to me like, Oh, I can't afford this. Do you accept payments? Uh, 
or, uh, you know, do you do barter or, you know, exchange? It had less and less of that happening and more people that I attracted that actually just had no problem. I actually had someone that finally said, wow, that's a good price. So yeah. when, when that happened, I was like, huh, because <laughs> before, again, it's all in the, all in your energy and how you're working it. If you settle down going, oh no, I'll never be able to afford, no, I won't be able to charge that. No one's going to come to me if I charge that. Well, then you're going to get that. It's the same thing as I say, if you believe in evil, well, you're going to get that. So right. Halloween is great for that because it's like they make, I mean, corp my money off that and people have fun off that evil thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh yeah, it's an experience i mean that's basically what we're doing we're just uh having a, an experience here we're sleeping yeah. happily sleeping happily exactly well not so happily some of us are not <laughs> anyway. yeah um well you know i definitely have to say um after my session with you um things have changed dramatically so i totally appreciate what you do and um, all the knowledge you can drop on us about shamanism and shamanic healing. And, um, mm -hmm. I just, um, I would like to, um, give your website a shout out to, for anybody that's listening. Um, if they want to find out more about Muriel, um, go to her website. It's murielshickman.com. Um, you can order her most recent book, um, Soul Ship, which was a, an amazing read. I highly recommend um, picking that up. Um, and of course, all of her other books as well on Amazon. Um, I will have her information um, in the podcast description. Um, so her website will be there. Um, and I just want to say thank you, Mariel, so much for doing this podcast with me. And um, I definitely look forward to doing another one with you. Yeah, for sure, Lindy. I really appreciate it because I don't really have lately. I hadn't had anybody like contact me to do this, so it's uh, it's very nice, and I appreciate your time and listening to being a very good listener because it's you know you can sit. I talk. There's a lot to describe, so so you listen very well. So thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you for um, joining me. And um, yes, we will definitely have to do some more and um, pick your brain about some more topics and see what we can get going. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate it. All right, Mariel, you take care. Thank you so much. You too. You take care. All right. Thank you. Thank you for diving into the world of shamanism and shamanic healing with Mariel and I. Hit the subscribe button to get all of my latest content, and we will catch you on the next podcast.